a little sweet this evening from the book of Psalms and the second Psalm, please. Psalm number two. The book of Psalms and Psalm number two. Of this book of Psalms 
as we meet with the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. We read many Messianic Psalms and we can learn about the Lord Jesus Christ, His life, His suffering, and His death, resurrection, and also His glory at the same time. Uh, I would remind in this evening to talk about the second Psalm. And what, why I would occupy with that, as we see the confusion around us in this world nowadays, the ranching nations, the trouble of the nation, the rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ and his dominion of, uh, over their lives. But we find here a man, as Paul said in Acts chapter 17, a man was ordained by God. To judge the world in a righteous way. Here this man, the one who was anointed at the Mount of Zion. From the eternity past to eternity come. He is the man that chosen by God to overcome this world. Before I go, before I go on this wonderful psalm, I'd like to say a very little issue, dear brother and sister. How we can understand the book of Psalms? We can understand it through different three points of view. The first one, we can understand it from the historical uh, 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 application, or we can understand it in a moral application, or we can see a prophetical application at the same time. The historical application, we find the life, the condition, of the writer of the Psalms. When we go, for example, for Psalm 27, where David was facing and suffering from the enemies who came upon him, his crying to the Lord, as he hid, was hid in the shelter of the Most High One. But when we go through this wonderful Psalms, we also meet the moral application. How we get benefits, how we get wonderful lessons from these wonderful psalms. When we go to Psalm 23rd, we meet with the Lord is my shepherd. When we go to Psalm 91, with the Most High shelter, the Almighty One. When we go through all the wonderful psalms, we can get benefit from them. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians, these things were written for our admonition. But the most important part in the Psalms, the prophetical application. We know, dear brother and sister, from 2 Peter chapter 1, the scripture is a prophetic word. And the Psalms speak in a prophetic way about the Lord Jesus Christ about his people, about the remnant. We can meet with the Lord Jesus Christ really, as we study and as we worship around him. His suffering. We read about his suffering in Psalm 22, in Psalm 69, in Psalm 102. We meet and read about him as a burning offering, as a meal offering, for example, in chapter 16, and so on. The most privileged, the most precious issue 
we can meet with the Lord Jesus Christ and his people in this psalm. Psalm, the second psalm, is the, the most uh, important psalm that was quoted many times in the New Testament. The Lord Jesus Christ himself quoted from the book of Psalms many times. Let us go uh, briefly through this wonderful psalm, dear brother and sister. And as we read it again and contemplate, let us fix our eyes upon the chosen one, upon the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was ordained, the one who was chosen, the only begotten son, the Father declared about him, in whom I am pleased. This psalm, we can divide this psalm into four parts. The main topic of this psalm, the king, the anointed, anointed king, the, the Messiah that was anointed in the eternity past. And we can see and face the rage and the rejection of his person from all the world around him. But do you think as the world doesn't want the Lord Jesus Christ and his dominion upon him? Do you think that God is going to change his plan? Of course not. We read this wonderful verse in verse 6. Yet I have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. And we read in verse 7 the, the voice of the son saying that I will declare a decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. This fill our hearts with encouragement. Fill our hearts with comfort. We, uh, the little group, the few number of saints who gathered into his name, as we gather together, fixing our eyes upon him, knowing that one day the Lord Jesus Christ will return back to the world and establish his kingdom. He said to Pilate that my kingdom is not from this world, but he will come and rule above all. And as we read him in appearance in Revelation chapter 19, and he appeared to the world, written on his thigh and his garments, King of kings and Lord of gods. This chapter, dear brother and sister, can be divided into four parts. The first part, we can read about him, the rebellion against the king. The rebellion against the king. This in verse 1, 2, and 3. The second part, we find in verse 4, 5, 6, we find and read about the uh, anointment of the king. He has anointed me. And the, second, the third part, we find in, uh, in verse 7, 8, 9, we read about the ruling of the king. He's going to establish his kingdom soon. And the last part, we read verse 10, 11, 12, the enemies of the king. The first part speaks about the rebellion, rebellion against the king. Um, we read in the beginning of this psalm, why do the heathen rage 
and the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth save themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, Lord Jesus Christ. You think, dear brothers and sisters, it is something recent that the world hates the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it something recent? Of course not. As we go through the scripture, from the beginning of the scripture, we find the enmity, the raging of the all heathen nations against the Lord Jesus Christ. When we go to Genesis chapter 11, we find all the nations gathered together to build for them a tower to the heaven to, to uh, declare their rebellion against the one who sits in heaven. And as we go to the New Testament, we find Satan gathered all the nations against the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think the very vivid and clear picture for this rebellion when he gathered all the nations of the cross. Let us go to Acts chapter 4, as I remember, when the disciples were praying, expressing and quoting from this verse, and their prayer. Acts chapter 4. Christ. So, 
The first part of this psalm speaks about the rebellion against the Lord Jesus Christ. But let's go further and we we'll find another wonderful issue that confounds our hearts. We read about the anointment of the wonderful king. In verse 4, till verse 6, we find a wonderful issue about our beloved Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was anointed from the eternity past. Just to make it brief, let us read only verse 6. Yet, this is the declaration, this is the decision of our gallant father declared to the world. You can move as much as you can. You can reach as what you like. Do whatever you want to do in vain. But I have made up my mind. I have decided the decision. I have uh, anointed my king upon holy hell of Zion. What wonderful words. And as you know, dear brother and sister, when we go and study the scripture, we understand the meaning of the anointing. Anointment means the pleasure and the agreement and how God expresses his pleasure and support for that one. When the king, when the prophet, when the priest is anointed, that means this well being chosen by God to do a specific ministry. I have made up my mind. I have chosen the one, the one who has been ordained by our God and Father. And to express my support for him, I express my pleasure with him, I have anointed him. And uh, I think we know that there is three different anointments the Lord Jesus Christ experienced. The first one mentioned in the book of Proverbs. Chapter 8, he was anointed for creation, to create as a creator. And there is another anointment for our Lord Jesus Christ. We read about him, the anointment for redemption and ministry. We read about this anointment in, in uh, Luke chapter 4, when the Lord went to the synagogue and read what uh, was written about him in Isaiah chapter 61. He read about his anointment, that the, the Spirit of the Lord upon me, he anointed me to preach the poor. But the anointment here is not for creation, not for redemption and ministry, but the anointment here for kingdom. Kingdom. And what's a wonderful uh, uh, meaning when we go to the book of Hebrews, the epistle of Hebrews, we can find the three anointment in one verse. Let us go to the epistle of Hebrews quickly. And chapter 1, to read with this wonderful meaning. Dear brother and sister, what a, a privilege as we pray in this evening. But we fix our eyes upon this great one. 
Hebrews chapter 1. And verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory. And the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had himself purged sins, set down on the right hand of the majesty on high. As he was anointed for creation, we read this in, the, uh, in verse 2, by whom also he had made the world. And as he was uh, anointed for creation, uh, Ministry, we read in verse 3, after he had himself burdened our sins. And as we read about his anointment for kingdom, we read this wonderful expression that he sat down on right hand on the majesty on high. I have anointed my king on the mount of Zion. So we meet with the, uh, the, the chosen king, uh, the first part in this psalm again, uh, we read about the rebellion against his person, we read about his anointment, anointed for the kingdom, he was anointed before the time for creation, he was anointed in the time, in the fullness of time, when he came to redeem, and the last one read will, will happen after the time is finished, when we come, he come to overrule this world. But this psalm also speaks about his ruling, when he came to rule over the world. Let us read together from verse 7. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. When we go to Luke chapter 19, we find a very vivid example of the rejection of his person. When the Lord Jesus Christ uh, told us this parable about those citizens who sent embassy after him saying that we don't want this one to rule over us. However, do you think because of the world that rejected his person, our God and Father is going to change his mind? Of course not. And here the declaration of the Son himself saying, I will declare the decree. This decision. 
is it the decision that was made in the eternity past? What that? The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day I have begotten thee. Thou art my son. And again this verse was quoted three times in the New Testament to declare the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou art my son. This day I have begotten thee. The first time was quoted was quoted in Acts chapter 13. When Paul was talking about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And was quoted again in Hebrews, the same chapter was reading just right now, in chapter 1, to declare his kingship. When he was um, comparing the Lord Jesus Christ with the angels in chapter 1, how, how, how great he was than all the angels. He quoted the same verse again, I think in chapter 1, maybe verse 5 or 6, saying that he is the one is coming to rule. And was quoted this verse again for the third time in Hebrews chapter 5 to declare his priesthood. How great this person, dear brothers and sisters. How great this person. As we come around him to break bread, as we come here to pour our hearts and supplication, we concentrate our eyes and thinking upon him. He's the greatest person, the one who has chosen by God and Father to fulfill all the desires and all the plans that predestined by him. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for fine inheritance. It is two important words, please pay attention for. You are my son, you will receive all the heathen for your inheritance. There is a great relationship between son and earth. The one is going to receive the inheritance for himself. And again, as he is the only son, he is the only earth. And then again we find this wonderful meaning in Hebrews chapter 1 again. Paul said that in that days after God had spoken to the Father by different ways. He spoke to us in the last days through His Son who has named Him heir of everything. He is the only Son, begotten Son, and He is the heir of everything. He said, Ask of me, and I shall give thee the hidden for thine inheritance. Satan came to the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 4 at the mountain of temptation and tried to offer to him the inheritance of the world. And Satan asking him, asking him just, there's one issue that uh, you have to do. If you'd like to receive all, 
the glory of the world, all the inheritance of the world, just come and worship me. But the Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect man, didn't obey because he listened from the eternity past, from the mouth of the Father, saying to him, Ask me, and I shall give you all of the heathen for your inheritance. The Lord Jesus Christ, dear brother and sister, nowadays is rejected from the world, has no place in this world, even among the faith Christianity. There are different names, there are different respect, respect for different issues and persons, but not for the Lord Jesus Christ. But we read about the patience of Christ. Patience of Christ. Christ nowadays is patient, waiting for the time that the God the Father is going to fulfill His promise. As we read in Psalm 110, when we read about Jehovah, say to my Lord, say to my right hand, until I put your enemies under thy footstool. And we read it again in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 12. This wonderful verse. Let us go to again Hebrews chapter 10 again, please. We read about the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was waiting, is waiting for the time to come. Where the word of the second psalm is going to be fulfilled. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 12 and 13. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting these ends be made his full story. The Lord Jesus Christ heard from his father the eternity past, ask me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost of parts of the earth for thy possession. And finally, we go to the last part of that, of that uh, wonderful chapter. Uh, but before I go to the last part, what will happen? What will happen when the Lord Jesus Christ comes soon to face his enemies? Those who refused his person to uh, overcome them, to rule them. To be the, the king and the master of their lives. We read again in verse uh, 9. The promise of Jehovah to him. Thou shalt break them with the rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. 
Dear brother and sister, in spite of the rejection of the world, but this will never change the plan that was set before the foundation of the world. As we read in the time of the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 9, when he shall appear to the world, when he wearing a garment, a garment that was uh, covered by the blood of enemies and written upon his thigh and his garment, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He will not make his kingdom from the world. He will not wait for the election and the results of the election to be chosen to be chosen as the king. But when the time comes, he will be glorified and will appear to the world. Before I go to the last part, I'd like to, uh, to all of us to be reminded was what was mentioned in Second Thessalonians, please, in chapter one. Second Thessalonians chapter one, please. Let us go to this this wonderful verses that encourage our hearts. When he speaks about the sufferings of the sins, when he speaks about the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ, Second Thessalonians chapter one. And verse 6, what is an encouraging verses for us? As we gather around the Lord, as we worship Him, as we respect Him, thee we reverence, thee we obey, waiting the time when He will appear to the world, He will be glorified before all the nations. In verse 6 from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, seeing it is righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. When He, this is the most important verse, when He shall come to be glorified, this is the appearance, when he shall come to be glorified in his sense and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. The last part in this psalm. So this psalm is divided into four parts again. The first part speaks about the rebellion against the king, 
and the second part speaks about the anointment of the king and the third part speaks about the kingship the ruling of the king and finally it concludes speaking about the enemies of the king and what a wonderful advice the Holy Spirit uh, offer for all his enemies is still not the world he still gave a chance to the world to accept and to repent and to come back to him I'd like to conclude with these two verses uh, verse 10 11 12 please the second psalm once again Wise now, therefore, by your kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth. Tell the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, accept the Son, obey the Son, have the Son as your Savior and Master. Keep the Son, lest he be angry lest he be angry he's still he's still patient nowadays he still open his arms to whoever comes to him he will never let him go out but the time is near when his anger will be furious lest his, he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled, but a little. And he concludes with a wonderful saying, Blessed. Blessed. The first psalm is beginning with a blessed man. And the second psalm is ended by a blessed one. The first psalm begins with a blessed man who his pleasure in the scripture, in the word of God. And the second psalm included by the blessed one. Blessed that are they put their trust in him. Dear brother and sister, what is encouraging for us as we fixing and contemplating when the wonderful Savior and Lord now is rejected. Now uh, is the raging of the all nations upon him. But the time is at hand the time is near when he's coming soon to take his kingship and he's going to throw his enemy in the eternal fire but for those for us those who love him and to obey him he will be glorified and we shall be glorified with him till this moment may the lord continue encourage us to love him to follow him, to worship him until he comes in.